This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Match Week, Episode 3. It's a very exciting episode. I'm really happy. It's the first video one. Hello, you see me, my cute self. <laughs> How you doing? Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, but real quick before I start this episode, shout out to Bon Hall All-Stars. Yep, that's right. Intramural League champions, undefeated, guys. I have something to my name for once. I have a championship or something. Woohoo. Yeah, I was injured for most of the season, but I got four assists, so doesn't matter. Anyways, today... Episode 3, we're doing the Manchester United analysis, the one I promised you guys last week I'm so excited for. I am joined by two special guests, but special in my heart. We are joined by Ali Kafel. Ali, say what's up. Hey, what's up, guys? And then we're also joined by Nebi Ademi. Hello, Nebi. How you doing? What's up, going? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Now, guys, we know what we're here for. We know what we're here to talk about. Just some preliminary thoughts. How are we feeling? Feeling awesome. I mean, uh, excited to be here, ready to talk some United. Let's do it. Uh, I'm I'm excited to to dive deep into United's problems and see what we have to say about it because I'm sure many people around the world probably agree with our, our our stuff too, and maybe they disagree, which is the beauty of it. So, yeah. Okay, then we're gonna hop right in. So Manchester United, we're rancid right now, boys. We're, <laughs> we're that's the be- that's the nicest way to put it. Okay, because you know we're on air, we got PG, we're rancid. Uh, we're really struggling. We need to figure out how to properly piece this team together. Now, when it comes down to the team, what do you think is the primary goal? What do we want? What do we want out of Manchester United? Uh, I'll just start to say that I think the league is number one. I mean, with the players that we brought in, with the squad that we had last season, we elevated it. We brought in Ronaldo. We brought in Sancho. We brought in Moran. Three top, top names around Europe. Obviously, we brought Ronaldo back. It was great to see. Maybe he wasn't in our plans originally, but when you have someone at, with his caliber, with his status... You always have to challenge for the title, no matter what it is, no matter what team he's on. And I think the title was our number one concern. And then going deeper into the other competitions like the FA Cup, Champions League is another top priority for us, too. Nice, nice. Ali, what you got in mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every top team in the world wants to win the league, wants to win everything. Um, and like Nebby said, Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup, that's all big. But every big team is going to go into the season saying, OK, our goal is a league title, especially United. Um haven't won since Sir Alex retired in 2013 so it's been a long time and we really thought this is going to be the season for it and it's still early but you know uh we're struggling right now we have a lot of things to figure out and hopefully we can I mean my main concern when we're talking about the league is that we've already dropped we like if we look at Manchester United's schedule we had probably the best beginning schedule that any of the top six teams could have gotten agreed like if we had capitalized on it properly we could have been way far ahead Mm -hmm. but as we've seen, we've just been slacking. Uh, things just haven't been piecing together. But honestly, at this point right now, I think our best chance is to salvage the Champions League because we've gotten very lucky in our group stages with getting away with what we got away with. Um, and then hopefully winning an FA Cup, I think, is a good goal to have because as it started yet, I think the team could turn it around and then maybe develop more of our youth players. Um, I want to see more trust in some of them or some of them not really 
being trusted properly. So I want to just like, you know, I want to see more of that, you know? No, like what you said, mentioning the youth players, I think that's like one of our biggest things. You know, we've always trusted the youth. We've had an academy player, uh, you know, in our lineup or in our match day squad for what was it, around 4,000, 5,000 games now straight. Um, you know, developing players like Mason Greer, who just turned 20. We have great number of players who have unlimited talent in our in our academy. And, you know, hopefully within years to come, they'll, they'll shine through just as Marcus Rashford did. And now Greenwood obviously coming into the team. Hopefully, you know, we back off our, as the so-called United DNA and trust their youth a little more. For sure. Ali, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, so so do you think, do you guys think, right, because we're all United fans here, that the league, it's done. It's over. I, is that what you're really thinking? Because I, I, I look think at it, winning it still early. I think winning it might be far from it. You know, I think we're, that's going to be a big hill to climb. But I think getting top four is something we could capitalize on. With the likes of West Ham coming into form and Liverpool and Man City dropping points, like Man City dropping points against uh, Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. Liverpool dropping points against uh, West Ham, uh, Chelsea even dropping points. I think we have a chance to get top four. I think that's our big goal. But if there's a chance where we can win the Champions League, but that means we don't finish top in the league, I think we need to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it would be similar to what you know Chelsea's scenario was last mm-hmm. year you know they sack Lampard they're not doing too well in the league but they absolutely killed it in the Champions League and maybe we can do that but not under current management it's not going to happen under Ole I just don't see it there's going to have to be a change yeah for us to do that I, I think we're getting to that further but right now mm-hmm. just to sort of like get a grasp on it for the listeners or even viewers hey we're here <laughs> what's up um <laughs> we are gonna just break down what is the best lineup right now for manchester united like in our personal opinions because right now i think if we run a 4-3-3 okay. we have a defense that consists of juan basaka lindelof veron luke shaw okay midfield three van de Beek, pogba bruno and attacking three is rashford ronaldo sancho I think we will win as many games as anyone can possibly can when we have this team available. These are always up for discussion, and I think that's the best part about Man U because we have players that can fit into so many different places. I think the 43 honestly isn't the worst because after the after we came back from uh, the season resumed from COVID, you know we had Pogba, Bruno, and Matic, and Matic played the six holding us uh, and let Pogba roam, and Bruno did his thing, and. I love Van de Beek. I don't think he'll be good in a three midfield. I think if we play the four two three one, maybe with him as a pivot, a double pivot with someone else. I think it'll just suit him a little bit better um, instead of having the three because then you can get a little bit outnumbered. But that's my biggest thing with Van de Beek. He needs more time. If I, if, if we're gonna go into like lineups and stuff, he needs to be in there. I think he is. He's a he's a proven player. He played at an academy. He came through an academy and a team in IX is prestigious around Europe. He knows how to ball. He has great technique. He can play six, eight, or ten. I uh, just that kid needs to play, and I'm so passionate about it because I I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of his. I'm he with needs you on to that play. <laughs> like that's just my personal. Just just to that. like get on this Donny topic real quick. Donny Van de Beek, he can play any position, as Nebby has said. Because in Ajax, you need to learn how to play everywhere. That's yeah. how they are. It's total football, mm-hmm. total rotation. But with Donny, I think he can play a CDM easily. Because if we look back to his Champions League performances with Ajax, where they still had. De Jong and even Ziyech, he was the only defensive real player in that team, like in that midfield, realistically, because that midfield three was De Jong, Ziyech, and Van de Beek. And Van de Beek was the only one really 
playing in front of that defense, playing box to box, where De Jong would help a little bit, but he was known more to be the ball progressor, to spring those passes. But Donnie could do the exact same thing as well, but he could defend better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed 100%. I mean, also to to point on Donnie, like you're saying, with Ajax, the role he was playing in, it was very similar to kind of like what Amatic was playing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole, I guess you could say the one difference with Donnie is that I think he can string those long balls or those uh, diagonal or you know cross field passes a lot better than than Matic has Um, even though Matic is one of the best you know to do it in those Chelsea teams and even when he first joined United so but I want to piggyback to one thing Artie you said Lindelof yeah you're putting him above Harry Maguire and don't get me wrong I see what you mean he is out of form I don't think it's an out of form issue really here's my argument I think that there's players that we've had sadly gotten where they've performed at other at other stages, at other clubs, on other competitions, and we see how well they do. But the issue is that when they come to United, they think they're something else. And and Maguire, when he plays for England, for example, he plays well because he also has huge cover. All right, let's not deny this. Okay, for England, I think he has a very trustful center back pairings. With uh, John Stones, even with Kyle Walker sometimes playing in there in the back three helping. Even the two midfielders playing in front of him, whether it's Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, even Mason Mount who plays box-to-box at times. like He benefits a lot from having really, really defensively structured people around him. But sadly at United, the way how it's always been, it's always been that center-back pairing that carry the defense with the six in front to pick up the ball from them or to help them out. And Maguire just isn't doing that right. And I think that Varane benefits more from having a Lindelof or a Bailly in. But sadly, for Bailly's case, it's just he's injured way too much. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't deny it. Like, when mm-hmm. we went on our Euro- Europa League run, Bailly was out of his skin. He played so well, in my opinion, as mm-hmm. a center back. Yep. But he, he gets injured. And I think Lindelof gets the brute of a lot of criticism too much because of a lot of the mistakes that Maguire has. Because... A lot of times if you watch games, like Luke, Luke Shaw suffers from this when he's playing for us because he can either be world-class player, not even think about the back line, put, does his duty, plays his role, goes up to the wing, does whatever he can do. But the issue is a lot of times the season is that I don't think he even trusts Harry Maguire at center back. So a lot of times he's getting caught in position, playing as like a second left center back, standing right next to him, and there's just a whole bunch of causes, problems being caused from that. So, so I think you're saying... They're, they're valid points, and I think you're saying that because of his form of the last two months. I wouldn't say last two months. No. I, I'd say his whole United tenure. I, I disagree because okay. when, okay. when Maguire came into the team, you know, British, whatever, record transfer for a defender, he, I'm not saying him single-handedly changed our defense, but he had a huge part and solidifying our defense with that, you know, whatever, uh, two midfielders in front of him that helped out as well. Because mm-hmm. if you look at our defensive record before Maguire, it was atrocious. Mm-hmm. The moment Maguire stepped in and him and Lindelof sealed their positions and they became comfortable with each other, you saw the defense play much better last year. And that's why we finished under, you know, under City last year. It was our defensive record that mm-hmm. was much better than our attacking stats, mm-hmm. I would say. We well the one thing I will oppose to that is that there's been a lot of times where it's either like don't get me wrong I think he's a decent center back but it's either Maguire is on he's really good or he plays horrendously like it's either 
He gets a red. He helps us concede two goals against Tottenham in a six-one defeat. Gets a red card somehow, and then the game's just messed up from there. Or it's how it's been this. I think this whole season so far since he's gone back from the Euros, we see a lot how he's been making a lot of defensive mistakes and covering the defense, and how he's been managing the game. I think that's also an. I think the one thing I will give him like like leeway for is that I think it's because he doesn't have enough defensive support because. McTominay and Fred just are not a double pivot that should be even in this lineup to begin with. I think if you want to do a double pivot, I think you're better off doing a Pogba and Donny. Basically do what France does. You have Pogba and someone next to him who can play well. That's how that's how the team will play best because them two are one and the same in a way, whereas like Donny performs better defensively and Pogba performs better attacking. That's where I see the biggest issues right now. I don't disagree with that. I think... Like I'll go to someone like Fred when we're talking about McTominay and Fred. Fred will run his his butt off for ninety for sure. minutes. I agree with you, hundred percent. But he's just not a quality player that we need in the middle of the park for us mm-hmm. to string passes to get us out of pressure. To he can carry the ball a little bit, yeah. But sometimes his touches are a little bit erratic. His passes, we all know, his distribution is is sometimes at points god awful and atrocious. McTominay, everyone's been saying, oh, give him a little bit of time, give him a little time. He's, he's what twenty four now, almost twenty five, mm-hmm. and. He's done a job, yeah, to carry us where we are now, but I think in order for us to get that next level of us wanting to compete for titles and try to win titles, I don't think, respectfully, I don't think he's the guy for us to be in the middle of the park. I also think the issue is that they're both the same player. They're not defensive midfielders. They're not number sixes. If you look how they play, they aren't. Like, McTominay, the best games he's had is when he plays box-to-box. Yeah. When he's able to progress wherever he wants to play on the field and spring passes, because we've seen those phenomenal performances from him against City, against Liverpool, against everybody. Leeds last season. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, when you you let him free roam, that's where he's best. He's not a CDM. So I think he still has a role in this team, but I don't think he should be starting a double pivot like that. Mm -hmm. And then Fred, I think it's, I think they both suffer from the same issue. They're not defensive mids. I think we bought these, I think we, we, we grew a player and bought a player and we thought they were both defensive talents when they really weren't. They're more of a attacking threat. Well, when we bought Fred from Mourinho, obviously we bought him with Mourinho from Shakhtar. He actually was more of a box to box like slash cam, like uh, a little Shakhtar bit more like that. He, he, he was an attacker. Yeah, he, he wasn't the most defensive player. He was, he was more box to box, and he would go more forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he reminded me. I'm going to use a Liverpool player here. He kind of reminded me of Naby Keita in a sense. But I don't know because well, better, Naby Keita well, at well, Leipzig was, well, was very well, good. Better work rate, but not technically. Yes, I yes, think yes, I think yeah. better Naby Keita is a no. very yes. very technical player. I like his ball movement a lot of the mm-hmm. time, but I think he suffers from injuries and just not putting in like that full hundred yes. percent sometimes. And that's that's the difference between Fred. Fred will give you that hundred percent, but yeah. that just a little bit of quality on the ball, like that can make such a big difference, especially in, in some phases when we're trying to counterattack. As that's Manu's philosophy in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. That one pass we need to go through just doesn't go, and that's the killer for us. Exactly, and and to the point of Fred, I don't know if you guys remember this a few years ago. Uh, Troy Deeney for Watford was on a podcast in England, and he said that we had a game plan against United, and their main game plan was the moment Fred receives the ball, sprint right at him, put pressure because he needs two, three, four seconds to settle and yeah, then make exactly. a decision. Yeah. And that's that's the big issue with him and McTominay. I mean, we're seeing it with McTominay yeah. this year, Yeah, right? Yes. He receives that ball. He takes forever to make a decision. Because one thing I've noticed is like, you know how like when Ronaldo goes to a team, right? He has the Ronaldo effect. Everyone's always marking Ronaldo, marking a Ronaldo. But I think people are starting to realize like, if if no one can supply the ball of Ronaldo, Ronaldo's yeah. ineffective. Yeah, exactly. So you're better off marking up the players that can serve it. Because like yeah. Bruno, for example, has been killing himself. He's been playing 
as a defensive mid, a center mid, and a cam. He's been playing all up and down that pitch, trying to send balls, spring passes, do whatever he can. He's been doing all of it because Freddie McTominay have been helping. Greenwood, I don't think he's a winger. I think he has to be playing as a central player. He alternates with Ronaldo or Cavani or whoever, and you need Sancho there. I think Sancho has been underutilized. I think we all... This is a hot take. I, In my personal belief, I think we should have never let uh, Daniel James go. I think for what for what he did for the team, he was a good squad player to bring off the bench, have with. He was actually a decent creator. He knew how to spread that ball. That Because I think that's the one thing we're suffering from right now. Because let's say, for example, while, while Rashford was still injured, if we had Daniel James on that left side, Sancho on that right, you have a blistering someone with blistering pace to confuse the defenders, had to mark up, but then Sancho gets left open with more space and more to create. That's what you saw a lot with Dorman. Dorman a lot of the time you had they had to deal with a Jude Bellingham, um, a Dorgan Hazard, uh, Erling Holland, and him, and also Gio Reyna. So when you, when you spread out that cover, you give a lot more space for the rest of the players. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna disagree with you there with the Daniel James part. Okay. Um, Respectfully, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> uh, because that's, that's what we're here for. Come on, let's have a talk. Know, he uh, he was a guy who would run ninety minutes for sure. But again, he's just he, he's not a Man United level player in the sense of that quality sense of it. He, I, I think for Leeds, I think he fits perfectly, in, in the way that they play with Marco Bielsa. I agree hundred percent with that. It was, it was I think I actually made a little bit of profit on him too, which is mm-hmm. actually pretty impressive. Did, yeah. So that that was good on the Man United boards part for the first time in a long time. Yeah. But I don't think he was. He's you know. He was a player that we really needed in a sense. If we brought in Sancho, then we have Sancho, we have Rashford, we have Greenwood who can play in the wing. Lingard could even go out there if need be. You know, Martial can go out there if need be. It's like he really wouldn't be able to get in the team as much. Again, yeah. does, he, does he work for 90 minutes? Yeah, he will. But remember his first season, he started off the season hot. Four goals in five games. Mm-hmm. And he didn't score in like 30-some. You know, and as a winger, any Man United team, we're talking about Man United here, one of the best teams yeah, for in, sure. in Europe. Historically, one of the biggest clubs in the world, top three biggest clubs probably in the world. So I don't think he would have been like a guy that we could have relied on in the sense of when we're rotating our squad a little bit. That's yeah, just my I, take. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I, I think that Dan James suffered from having Ronaldo come and also having Lingard stay. Because Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. if Lingard had left and Ronaldo never showed up, I think he'd have a more prominent role. So I think yeah. we can leave it at that. But for now, yeah. I think we have to move on to our next topic, which is, Replacing the manager, we're all in agreement. Ah. Ole out, right? Like oh, Ole was like he wasn't supposed to be at the wheel. He was supposed to take us to a pit stop real quick. I don't yeah. think he was meant to drive us for the whole ride. I think that that was the mistake was made. But for for manager replacements, I have a list made. I'm gonna read it out for you guys. This is who's been linked. Who I think also would probably be the best options, and who will probably be the most competent to the United way. Because I think if you bring in a manager like a Conte who just signed for Spurs. I think that goes against everything these teams are trying to build and that can do to progress off to be way better. Yep. So, first on the list, Aaron Ten Hag, Ajax manager. Then, it's Zinedine Zidane. He was a free agent right now. Mauricio Pochettino looks like he's about to get sacked. PSG are looking really rash. Uh, Graham Potter from Brighton. I think Brighton have been performing out of their skin these past three seasons. And the way he's been able to manage them has been very impressive. And then, Jesse Marsh from RB Leipzig, the American He's been getting thrown into these talks, and I'm actually really impressed by it. And he's been doing a solid job with having to recover a torn-apart Leipzig team with losing a lot of players. So what do we think about this, boys? I mean, it's it's definitely uh, 
Yeah, Ten Hag is is the big name, but the only issue with that is, you know, he won't leave midseason. Ajax, it's probably going to have to be like we got to wait till the end of the season. But also two other managers I want to throw in that list are Brendan Rodgers and Ralph Ragnick. Um, Ragnick, I think I wanted to put him. All right? mm-hmm, yeah. I really did. But I think Ralph Ragnick, he has a much better role as being a director of football than being an actual manager. I think he's way better at scouting the players, piecing things together, working together deals. I think that's where he thrives and shines the best than being an actual football manager, you know? Yeah, no. Whereas I, Brendan Rodgers, I don't disagree. I think the Leicester job he's done has been outstanding after Ranieri left. The way he's been able to reinvest in that team, work it together, I don't disagree whatsoever. I just think that in his eyes right now, I think he thinks that Leicester is a more, I wouldn't say profitable, I think it's a more worthy job right now for him. I think with what he's been able to do the past few seasons of getting them close to top four, I think he can. He, I think he believes he can recreate what he did at Liverpool and bring that team further. That's why I didn't have uh, Brandon Rodgers on there as well. Because it was the same argument of... I'm sorry to cut you off. But it was the same argument as um, people were saying that, like, oh, like, Arsenal should sign Brandon Rodgers, but Brandon Rodgers would not go to Arsenal because Leicester's a way better prospect right now than Arsenal. No, I mean, I see what you mean. Uh, I guess you could say, like, the way I look at it with Rodgers is it's the safer choice for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he's already there. They're built up. They're doing great work. It could be that United is a big step, you know, because if we look at... You know, the the comparison of Leicester and United, I mean, on paper, yes, we have a great team and all, but there's a lot of things he's going to have to fix. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, there's a lot of holes he's going to have to seal. Um, but I do think that if we got him, he would do a great job, especially because he's a lot more experienced now. Mm-hmm. But my top pick would be Eric Ten Hag. I would, for sure, I yeah. would love If we're talking for about the future, the developing a youth academy, piecing yeah. everything together, all of us can agree Ten Hag, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Debbie, yeah. Probably yeah. agree, yeah. But for right now, let's entertain some of these other options. Um, so, Zinedine Zidane. I'm gonna Man does not know a single word of English, but yet he can put together a team and control some players. So, what do we think? Here's my thing with that. I, I think, personally, for me, I think my top choice would be Zidane. And for the sole fact that he's been to Real Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world. He can manage big players because mm-hmm. he's, he's shown that he can change up the lineup and provide different tactics for a team in order for them to win a game. And I think his like his development of players too. He developed his East going to one of the best center, center attacking mids in the world at the time. Yeah, 2017, 20, 2016, 2017. Isco was in the starting lineup every single game, starting major Champions League uh, games, scoring Champions League goals, important goals for Real Madrid as well. Yeah. And I think with a player like Bruno, if he were to have Bruno as his cam, I think Bruno can level up even more than he already is. He's he's been the manager of Ronaldo. He's managed Ron, and I'm sure those two guys can be like, yeah, like we'll definitely back him. And that's the thing mm-hmm. is when you're a manager coming into a big side, you're not just managing the team uh, f- for the football aspect of the you know the game, the game, the tactics. You have to manage the players, and managing players like Ronaldo isn't easy. And to back off with Brandon Rodgers, I don't think he's at that level yet because when he took over that Liverpool team, there was nothing really crazy with that team. Yeah, he had Luis Suarez at the time was one of the best strikers in the world, struggling on the come up. Yeah, so he was he was he wasn't. He didn't have that experience of managing such a like a big big player. Now at Leicester, he's d- done a great job, hands down. He's developed players like Tillemans into one of the best eights uh, in the league. He's mm-hmm. he's developed players. Harvey Barnes is now stepping out and uh, up yeah. and coming as well. So I, I like him there. But I think Zidane managing players with along with the football side of it, I think personally for me is just like the perfect pick for us. Yeah, I I agree with that aspect of it. It's just the issue is is that 
Zidane, I don't think he sets us up for the long run. I think if we get Zidane, yeah. we mm-hmm. win right away. I agree. And that's, that's I negative. think it's more important for the team, right? Well, that's like this is my personal opinion, right? But from what I see, from like from my analysis, right? I think it's more important for the team that we bring in Aaron Ten Hag, like any way possible, throw him as much money as he wants, bring whoever he wants, because we, because from what I've seen through him, any player that comes up through the academy, any player that just gets bought randomly. He, he finds a way to get any ounce of like, use out of them. Like He knows just to squeeze. Like Dally Blind. Blind at United, he was a decent player. Never really got the role that he always wanted. Didn't play as well as we thought he would. Goes back to Ajax. Bosses it up in the Champions League. No problem. Mm-hmm. Like tanking any team. So I think it's just with a Ten Hag, we get a lot more out of it. And a Zidane, I think we win just right away maybe with, with having Ronaldo and Varane. Yeah. And then when... Pogba's back full health, maybe, but that's 10 weeks, so we don't yeah. really know what's going yeah, on. So, that one's, that one's, that so next, um, actually, you know what? I want to give Graham Potter a big shout. I, I think he deserves the respect because yes. what he's been able to do with Brighton has been outrageous. Like, and out, worst case, let's say, hey, we need someone to carry over the team for a few years. We can't get Ten Hag or, you know, we can't get Zidane. Uh, Graham Potter, I don't, not a bad shout. Like, I think he does a job. No, I mean I see. He look, he deserves respect. He's doing excellent work at Brighton. I I just think Potter, it's not United yet. Mm-hmm. He needs another kind of big job. I'm not saying obviously not United or you know City level, but you know maybe a a team that's always in that top six, top seven, eight category where he's showing himself. Then he can move on to the big stages because if you go to Potter now, it could be a David Moyes situation all over yeah. again. Even though Moyes now, but Moyes, is it was a different story for him because Sir Alex left him with an aging team mm-hmm. and like a team where it's like only he knew how to put those pieces together. Yeah, and then he wasn't trusted enough. That's he true. said they said, "Oh, you can get Fellaini, but that's all you'll get. We will buy Fellaini, and then you have to work this out somehow." Mm-hmm. So he just he wasn't given enough because look at him and now at West Ham. Like, if you let him do what he wants to do for a team, he can put together a great run and a great team for you. And look at the team, look at the players he's brought in there now. You know, Declan Rice is coming through their academy and he's becoming one of the best CDMs in the world. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's the best midfielder in the league right now. By uh, far. Currently, so, I, I, I because, have to agree. Because Bruno's been struggling to link up with Ronaldo, not being the, the center of their attention anymore. De Bruyne, uh, De Bruyne has been underperforming. He's been playing just his role, just a role. He hasn't been, you know, outshining yeah. anybody. I, I agree with you in saying Declan Rice has been the best midfielder in the league. I hundred percent definitely been best CDM defensive type midfielder. You know, because I mean, I don't know, best midfielder currently, just currently, well, he, yeah, as of right form. now, right now, as of like this season so far, I think yeah. he's yeah. been the strongest candidate out of all of them. Yeah, I I would have to agree. Now now that shows you like his price tag that was in the summer where yeah, everyone no, was like so, no way. So but this now, actually this actually I helps carry into our it. next topic. Mm-hmm. Transfers in and out. So out real quick, just to go over it, here's my list. <laughs> you guys are not gonna agree with my list. So Harry Maguire, out. Phil Jones, out. Matic, out. Jesse Lingard, he just deserves better in my opinion. He's a guaranteed Premier League starter anywhere else but United. Yeah. And then Anthony Martial, it's just, it's time to let go of the dreams, boys. It's just, it's time. <laughs> I think it's just time. Like, I love him. Don't get me wrong. But we have to just, like, get the profit if we can. 
and just invest in something else. Because right now, he's not even getting a minute of game time. 50 yeah. million down the drain. Yeah. Well, not, not down the drain. <laughs> no, no, he's I'm had saying. some phenomenal <laughs> moments. But remember that debut against Liverpool? Yeah, My w- God. I was just going to say, that by itself, the joy and the happiness that that gave United fans that day, you know what? 50 million was worth it. Yeah, yeah like, it was unbelievable. He's done. He's he's had like great spurts of like talent and time, but it's, it's just he doesn't put in the work for it. I thought, but true. I think he's just it's just his time to go. Like let him go back to Liga or go to La Liga and see what happens. Even at MLS, hey, New York Red Bulls, me striker, boys, come on. Imagine it. Too early for that. I would be so ecstatic. <laughs> I, but, I think um, I think he'd do well in either in Italy or France again. I don't think La Liga or Germany would fit him. Maybe another team in the in the Premier. Well, no, I think I think La Liga would fit him better because like. Italy is so defensive heavy and like they have some of the best center backs right now in Italy with like a Scriniar, a DeVry, Bastoni, Kumbula, Albanians. Yeah. Come on, let's go Kumbula. <laughs> um, they also have likes of uh, Koulibaly and uh, Manolas and stuff like that. So like I think it's a very defensive heavy league where like a La Liga is it's like flourishing, like it's having an attacking renaissance with all these teams right now cuz yeah. there's no big boy anymore. Like yeah. Atletico maybe, but Real Madrid, <laughs> Barcelona are falling off. All these teams are flourishing. So I think he would benefit a lot from like that little renaissance. You, you know where I could see him? I think if Holland leaves next summer, oh, Dortmund, hundred percent. I could see him, at and Dortmund. I think it would be a good fit for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're, with, they're very with, good with, at, their, with their system too, and the, having their two forwards right behind the striker. I think that can yeah. actually hit him feeding the balls, going to the channels. Yeah. Right, I could see that. Something right, maybe. And we're gonna take a quick break, so let's all pause real quick. Okay, we'll be right back with the discussion and with a word from our sponsor. Hello guys, how are we doing today? I'm sorry, I know I had to stop the podcast and give you guys an ad read. Ugh, already stop it. Look, I have something very important to tell you about, okay? We are sponsored by ITA Sports. Yes, that's right, ITA Sports. Now, you guys are wondering, what's an ITA Sports? What do they offer for you? Well, they're a local business uh, based out of Booton, New Jersey, where they're on Booton Main Street, if you guys even want to check them out. And what they are is a place where you can either get some cool, uh, different apparel than your like average Adidas or Nike, Under Armour, Puma, that jazz. And they go more with like the Oreas, the Yomas, the Hummel. And how can we forget the Umbro? Guys, they have way more to offer than I can even list off. All you have to do is go to itasportshop.com. That's itasportshop.com. I-T-A-S-P-O-R-T-S-H-O-P.com. And if you're a team or a business, local business, any team, they actually do wholesale apparel orders for you. As you can see on screen if you're viewing, but if you're listening, I'll describe it even better. They make apparel that is best and fitting for you, that is comfortable, and even so, sometimes the price is better than what you'll get from actually trying to get an Adidas or a Nike or anyone else. And all you have to do is just go to itasportshop.com. And now, guys, hey, you know, in the future, they might have some promos or some more stuff for us to give away and work with. But we have to see how we do this episode for the ad. So please go check it out. Go see it because they have really cool stuff to offer. I'll see you guys later. Bye. All right. And we are back. Sorry for the little quick break, guys. We had you know, a little cheeky sponsor, you know. If you guys saw the ad, ad, it was probably ITA Sports Shop. Yep, that's right. We were sponsored by ITA Sports. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys probably saw the whole ad read. <laughs> Boom. Now, moving on. We were just discussing about people who we think should be transferred out of the club. And now now we're going to talk about people coming in. Here's why I said Maguire. If we sell Maguire or we put him into a deal, we can possibly get Ndidi. 
I think Ndidi's the overall best choice for us right now to bring in. Ndidi, honestly, isn't, you know, I don't think the best, from my opinion personally. I like Declan Rice a little bit more than him, but I think he'd also solve that CDM role just because he's a workhorse. I think he's very good on the ball. He's good in the air. He, he will sit in front of that defense and sort us out. But losing McGuire would also be a little bit of a of of a big hole, I, I'd say, just because he's he's a he's a voice in the back for us. I don't think he should be captain personally. I think mm, giving captain I was a little bit. I think it was a little premature giving him captain right away. You know, something like that right away. But he, he is he's you know he is the guy to to talk back there and everything. But I don't know giving him away like that. Maybe in a swap deal with some cash here and there, maybe, but I don't know. Because don't forget, we got to make a lot of the money reason, back. The reason why I said Ndidi is because I think Ndidi is Matic if he's 10 years younger. And I think that's someone that we need right now. Because if we had Matic where if he's thriving high at Chelsea with an N'Golo Kante, I think the team plays so much better in the midfield. And then let's say, for example, if a Pogba leaves, then I think a Donny and Ndidi double pivot would be really good to look at and then we can also have our attacking threats of Bruno Fernandez, Jaden Sancho um why did I just blink there <laughs> Jaden Sancho Ronaldo Rashford like will it, it be so attack heavy and will be so beneficial yeah I mean and Didi would be a great I, I mean look let's look at it this way anyone you bring in right now is going to be better than Fred or McTominay you know, whether that's Ndidi, Rice, Tushamini, whoever you want to bring in. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to get rid of Maguire like that, just like Nebby's saying, we got to make a lot of that cash back. Or it could be, you know, Maguire out, Kunde in. It's got to be that mm-hmm. level yeah. type of center mm-hmm. back. It can't be Maguire out and then you're bringing in a guy that's oh, just... Oh, I know. Yeah. I agree with you. So yeah. that's why, like, for example, I was thinking of having someone like a, like a Soyuncu come in or James Tarkowski or even a Tapsoba who's been thriving these past three years at Bayer Leverkusen. All good names, but they're not to that level. Oh, yeah, obviously. I agree with you on that one. But, like, those are the first people that came up to my head because, realistically, the guys that we want, like a Skriniar, I don't think he's leaving Inter anytime soon. Or even a, a, a delict. I think if you have a delict at Varane center back pairing, that's that that would probably be the best bet there. Yeah, but, but I don't you know. think delict's even leaving Cuba anytime soon. People are actually teams are actually monitoring delict right now. <laughs> yeah, I know Barcelona, they are because no, they're, they want to get yeah. him out. But I don't think Barcelona could personally price him out because they can't afford him. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea's a scary one to have, but because if they give up on Kunde, then they well, get delict. I mean, they I mean, don't like, get delict. Just look at Chelsea's center backs now. It's like they have Rudiger. They have like Aspi who could play that role if they want. They yeah, also have Thiago um, Silva isn't getting any younger. That's yeah, Thiago Silva, but like that's still like that's what they said about him at PSG. And now he's having a phenomenal oh, time at Chelsea. I so agree, it's like, but yeah. he won't be playing for another five years. They, they, no. even, even like yeah. Christensen or they let Zuma go, which was surprising to me. Even at West Ham, and he's been doing well at West Ham as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think but, it's it's good choices. The one thing I've my last guest I actually had on, uh, Maz, shout out to you. Um, he was talking about Sergio Ramos and how like he might be getting let go because of injuries, and he was saying, "Bring your Ramos to a United," and like, don't get me wrong, like I love Sergio Ramos, I think he's great, but I think it's not worth the risk. Yeah, with that I agree. Yeah. Um, when he was first like a free agent, he was heavily linked to us, obviously. Obviously, he ended up going to PSG. He hasn't played a single second for PSG, but he's back in training, which is good to see because Ramos is one of the best center backs in history, for in my sure. personal opinion. Um, I agree with you in saying I think that risk is a little bit too big because 
we're seeing it, we're seeing it with PSG now. And again, he's not getting any younger. He's 35. You know, yeah. he doesn't have much time left you know, playing wise. But I think I, I do think Maguire could be the guy. Like if we see how he's performed in other competitions, I'm going to use the Euros for example. Unbelievable. Yeah. In the World Cup 2018, unbelievable. Yeah, His sure. first season with us, I thought he did pretty well. He, he upped did. our defensive stats 100%. Last season, I thought he was very good. Right now, he's in a major slump, and everybody cuts him, gives him a lot of uh, like doubt just because of the price tag and the, the quote-unquote English tax. Yeah. $80 million for a Harry Maguire is unheard of. That's, yeah, that, that, that should just never like, happen. Rio is a different story. When Rio came out for a record fee, at the time, everyone knew Rio Ferdinand was like, that's the Don John. That's the guy who's going to be bossing your defense, be the voice, control everything. Like, he is a guarantee. Yeah. yeah. But the one thing I will say for Maguire is that, like, I think the Maguire, it was the, it was a, I think it was a defender effect. It was the fact that when a defender finally came in and it was like a breath of fresh air of like, wow, like, there's finally something new. Like, we finally brought someone in, even yeah. though, like, I remember saying, like, even though we overpaid, I'm just happy we finally got center back investment, you yeah. know? Because happy finally something changed. You can't forget the season before that, we had Lindelof as like our number one center back, kind of, so to speak. And then oh. we'd either pay him with buy if he was healthy. If he wasn't healthy, then we'd have Phil Jones. So, I mean, like, it, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a mess and he kind of did solve that. Jones hasn't played since what, the beginning of 2019? It's and been a still, while. He's yeah. still been on our books. Been very That's what I'm saying. Nice. If yeah. we just, I, I know we're talking about money and like getting money back, but realistically, if we let go some of these players who have been on high wages, mm-hmm. we get so much money back throughout the year. It's mm-hmm. like if let's say if Pogba leaves, Pogba gets paid what three hundred three hundred thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Let's say let's say we get that money back, and instead we're paying someone else only eighty, we're getting back like two hundred and twenty k a week from not having to pay Pogba. You know, so it's like sort of just it's sort of just like understanding. Um, actually, no, I, yeah, yeah, two hundred twenty k. My math was I thought it was off for a second. <laughs> um, so just getting some of that money back, it's like yeah, like letting players go. But I think people forget like, hey, there's the transfer money we get, but then there's the contract money we get back too. You know, it's yeah. like finally letting that go. Even at De Gea, three hundred fifty k a week. Rashford's at decent wages. Ronaldo, Ronaldo wages, yeah, like that's, yeah. those are insane. It's Ronaldo, though, yeah, Bruno, you're, you're gonna like, pay him the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bruno's <laughs> wages, like if it's it's crazy. So Br- Bruno actually is gonna need a contract a boost. boost. He's gonna need a boost. He's getting underpaid, yeah. and and Shaw if he you know steps it up for but sure. We'll see. So like I think sure. I think we've like put the pen in McGuire. I think we all are on the same agreement of like we think he can be good. We know what we want for him, but I think. In order for this team to get better, I something needs to change. There has to be some change, whether his change in form or him leaving the team. Something has. There's something that has to change. One last thing I want to add: if we change the manager, and the team has a structure and a style to it, you know, not just we're all over the place. Yeah. I think we will see the best of Maguire. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I could yeah. agree. Because like agree. I, I said this before, if you give Maguire something to rely on, the he's help. a whole different player. Yeah. yeah. So then for players to buy, I think I touched on this for center backs. Um, I think we already know like what we could be, what we can be, so we'll move on from there. But CDMs, I have a list. I have a very pricey transfer list, boys. <laughs> uh, Wilfred Ndidi, Dennis Sicaria, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Marcelo Brozovic, uh, Aurelien Tushimeni. Now, out of those names, I think the realistic ones is maybe a Sicaria and a Brozovic. Indeed, he's very, very tough because Lester has money, so it's going to be tough to price this out. 
especially because we gave them 80 million. So it's like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need your money anymore. <laughs> um, Tyler Adams, McKinney, they're young, which is like the risky part, but they're such talented center defensive mids that I would love to see them be performing in this team and in the league. I think they could probably play a bigger role than what a McTominay or even a Fred could do. And then a Tushimeni, he's, this season, we, I mean, last season, I have to give him credit. He played really well. I think it was at, what, Nice or Bordeaux? He was at, like, one of the, like, lower-tier, like, French teams, and uh, Monaco bought him, and now we're seeing him thrive even more at yep. Monaco, right? Yep. So it's like, it that's just risky on its own. Um, so what do you guys think, CDM? Here's my issue. Does, does it all... Does it all depend on what happens to Pogba, what happens to Donny, or certain players? Like, what changes, what happening? Here's my issue with your list, and it's only because the Premier League is a very different league compared mm-hmm. to other leagues. You can't just grab players, throw them into the Premier League, and be like, he's going to be the guy. Obviously, you have to give him time, I agree, with giving him time, but you have to be proven. You know, you have to be proven in a sense of... I don't know if Tyler Adams has proven his worth. And again, and we're speaking about Manchester United, the biggest club. You have yeah. to have you have to have players of, of the caliber, the mentality to to embrace all that. Hundred percent. And I think Ndidi of all those choices is the best. He might be the most expensive, but I think he can embrace playing at Old Trafford every uh, every other week, wearing the crest, wearing the jersey, wearing you know the colors. And having that mentality for it, I just don't see any of these other guys honestly having it. Too too many. He's a little too young still. Maybe if he develops, Brozovic is a proven player around Europe. He's, he's he's played multiple leagues. He's a proven player for Croatia. I agree, but I just don't think you need to have just like and even going back to your center backs as well. I think it's the same same situation. You have to have proven players with the mentality of wanting you know of playing with for such a big club because it's not just about your play. You have to deal with all the criticism and everything too. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest things about being a footballer. For sure. Especially at a club like Man United where it's if you put one Every wrong foot week in. Yeah. It's scrutinized. You, you, like. put, you put one wrong foot in, you, you cost the goal. Even if you win five one, everybody would talk about that one oh, goal. Yeah, you, for you, you sure. Conceded. I agree with you. So Ali, what are you thinking? Uh, I think uh to go back to your you know, you asking, you know, what ha- Pogba, you know, Van de Beek. I think whether Pogba resigns or he leaves, no matter what, we have to bring in a CDM. Oh yeah, you know, for and, sure. and we should have done that this past summer. The reason why we're struggling so much right now, and especially with the system we're in right now, where Ole's all over the place, mm-hmm. he clearly does not have any foundation, no structure, game tactics, game yep. plan. He, I mean, it's embarrassing. So we really should have gone that CDM this past summer. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, January in the summer, someone has to come in. Yeah. Um, based on your list, I agree with Nebby. I think Ndidi would, is the best one out of all of them. Weston McKinney, look, the kid is talented. I don't think he plays in that Juventus squad if Aaron Ramsey was healthy every single week. Because... Uh, Schalke, even though Schalke got relegated, he was putting very high defensive numbers in a league where you have to deal with attacking threats like Bayern, Leipzig at that time, who didn't lose a lot of their players, and also Dortmund. Oh, coming up against the Erling Holland every week. And the way how he was able to boss up that midfield, I think, does deserve some validation. And at Juventus, I think Juventus is struggling. I think they have way too many older midfield talents. I don't think Aaron Ramsey starts for them. I don't think Artur starts for them anymore. I don't see anything like that 
coming about, like the loss of Pjanic, I think messed up Juve like that was, drastically. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. With like a formational thing, because it's like there was that guy who did. did he was known for passing, deep yep. ball progression, yep. like a Jorginho. Pass the ball, spread it out, find someone. And then everyone else surrounding him did all the heavy lifting, all yeah. the work. Whether it was like making the runs like up top or covering defensively, that's all it was like about. But I, I think, you know, if for Manu speaking, I think the per- perfect player for us to have as a CDM would be like Asami Kadira when he was in his prime. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, oh man, man. Like, Sami Kadira, like, like that type do, of do we, player. Do we all just forget how like? Oh yeah, United side Bashi and Schweinsteiger at one point. Like he was old. I yeah. know, but like dude, I, and, some and of those games. Was one of my best favorite. I know, of all but time. dude, like some of those games where I saw him play and like dude, you saw him like just bossing he was it up, losing even class, at his man. age. Oh, because he he's a player that has that right mentality. He has, and it's very serious. You know kind of stereotypical of me saying this, but Germans have that very disciplined mentality. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very structured, you know? Each league yeah. gives a player a different something yeah, to come of from. Course. Like no, Ajax, of course. you have a system and a structure. Yep. And in the Bundesliga, it's all about, Ajax, I mean, like, Eredivisie. Um, in Bundesliga, it's about... You've um, 90 minutes. Yeah, nonstop. it's all about press, Hard work. structure, running up the midfield. Yep. Italy, defense, 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 yep. defense. And S- Spain, you have I think possession. the one thing, I think we were all blind... With Ole, I thought about this just now because if we look at a Tottenham team with Nuno, how they took over over Mourinho, Mourinho really set a lot of the like blocks for sort of like what Nuno was able to do for those first couple of games for that winning streak. But then they fell apart. People were catching it. Yep. I think Ole started off pretty well because those building blocks Mourinho had left behind were still supporting him, and they weren't being replaced or even being built upon. So. It's just been issues that I think a lot of the times we've been hiding, and it's like we have to know when to get the right player and when to take the right amount of risk. Yes. And right now we need guarantees, but we need something different. Yes, yeah. that's the biggest thing. We need something different yeah. for United. Like I'll, I'll give Ole all the props in the world. Everybody loves Ole, and honestly, the problems have been overshadowed for the sense of him just being Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and being our manager. Honestly, since he's, since he's come in, you know, he did have that great night in Paris. He he brought the breast out of Luke Shaw after being in a slump with Mourinho and everything. I, mm-hmm. I love him for that. I love what he's done for us, bringing us to the point to where we are. He just doesn't have enough to bring us to the next step. I think if we're talking about Ole, Ole is better as like an, an attacking coach, as one of the uh, like an one of the coaching staff. Yeah. Than I, actual I like that manager. As well. Like like look at Michael Michael Carrick right now. Yeah. Like I like here's the thing. People are sort of like slandering Carrick and like Darren Fletcher for no reason, in my opinion. Like. What they've been able to sure up with certain players, it's like, how, like you can't blame a sit. Like it's getting to the point where every single person's getting blamed. It's like there's a root to the problem, and it has to be cut out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I agree with a lot of your points. Um, I think Ole definitely came in and dude did what an interim manager's job is. Oh yeah, to for do, sure. Right, it's just to stabilize for a little right. bit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Nothing. He shouldn't have been signed long term. I mean, to be honest, I was one of the ones that when he signed that deal, I was happy because you know we were all like, "Wow, dude, I remember he's it killing was, it." It was the day yeah. after you and I were talking. Yeah, about it. yeah. And, it, and it was a big deal. But right now, what this team needs, like you guys are saying, is something different. We need coaching. Yes. We we need real coaching. And you guys are bringing up Carrick Fletcher. Let's bring in Kieran McKenna. Look. Good coaches, but if you look at the supporting cast for Ole, you know his assistant managers, they they're not up there. They're not. They're proven. not. Yeah, they're, yeah, not, they're not. Proven. They're they're learning on the job. That's yes. what I think. Yes. I see. That's what yes. I see. And yes. Yes. you can't have that United. Mm-hmm. It has to be a guy that's proven. 
that is going to bring his philosophy and yeah. his style that can dominate. You know, it, it cannot be a learning. And that's stuff. that's been the United's issue. It's like we haven't been hiring people that suit our style, our yep. attacking style. You know, yep. it's all just been like, oh, we'll get this guy. He's a name. Oh, we'll do this because of that. You know, it's nothing like, hey, so Sir Alex left this behind, right? This is how he did it. This is how players knew how to do it. Why don't we continue on with that? But then, of course, there's been the issues of Edward Woodward, which could be like a whole other podcast on its own. 100%. Yeah. So just a quick overall rundown review for the end. Um, best starting lineups. We, I think we've like established we know what we want. Goals and ambitions. We hope the league recovers that because we still have time. <laughs> Champions League, I th- I think we have a chance, honestly. As long as you not, not <laughs> I know there's some people who are going to be like, oh, that's such a delusional opinion. There's there's ways to turn it around, okay? There is we, ways. We've gotten very lucky, yes, but yeah. when you have Ronaldo on the team, you always have a chance no matter what. FA Cup, no I, would, I would like something, man. Like some silverware will just help We're already out of the League Cup. So. I know. Like, well, yeah, but that's Carabao Cup. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's, it's that, silverware. That's, that, that's the one know? piece of silverware I'm like, eh. You know, like, okay, wow, City isn't winning it this year for once. Woohoo. But um, it's still silverware. I know. <laughs> it, I it would be nice like, to see United yeah. player lift like, the trophy. That's what I'm saying. Like FA Cup would be nice. In a while. Uh, something like would be nice. Or even like ah, uh, actually, the Europa League last year hurt. Yeah, that, that, was, that one still lot. hurts. Yeah. Still hurts. How we didn't be very well. Um, agree. Okay, so let's agree who we, we are selling right now for sure. We are selling. Okay, I got uh, our camera woman scared me for a second. She had this face. <laughs> Is it okay? Oh my god! I got scared. Okay. Um. So. Okay, we're agreeing on Jones, Matic, Mata, Lingard, Martial. Maguire is situational. Yes. They say. Yeah. It depends yeah. who who or what we can get in in return. Mm-hmm. And then for people coming in, uh, Kunde or Tapsoba or Suyunchu, like someone top quality, please. I beg you, United Board, please. Please help us. <laughs> um, and then CDMs, Indidi's number one. And if we somehow get Declan Rice, go for it. That's but the dream. That's just so... <laughs> My- it's my number. He's, he's yeah. gonna be priced out, man. My, it all depends how West Ham do. My number ones for both of them for center back. I'd even put Delict up there. Yeah, Delict. If we can get like a Delict or a Screeny, because don't be forget. But before we got Maguire, we were heavily linked up Delict as well. Yeah, we were. That was the same thing with Holland. We were supposed to get Holland, and he goes dormant. You know, it's. I mean, Holland. All I'm saying is he has a contract agreement for a release clause with 75 million euros. And but that would be dirt cheap. You know, you know, City's gonna be all over that because they don't have a number nine. Yeah, but Ronaldo's not getting uh, any younger. I, I yeah, think, I think we'll be all over that too. <laughs> and I, I, I really so do. Too. And that's the thing that's good about Ole is he coached mm-hmm. Holland when he was yep. younger. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so, that. boys, I love you. Thank you guys for coming <laughs> too, on. Bro. Great podcast. Thank I you will for see us. you all next week. Bye bye. Peace. Oh, pretty well. <laughs>